Hello and welcome to Happier, a podcast that gives you ideas for building happier habits into everyday life. This week is episode 70, and as we always do, every 10th episode, we have a very special episode. And this very special episode is dedicated to great advice. We're going to highlight lots of great advice that you, our listeners, have sent in. I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I'm in New York City, and with me is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, our podcast is all about how to be happier. But today we have some news that's a little sad, though it's also happy. Yes, that's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And Gretch, our news is that Henry Malofsky, our producer, is leaving us. He... Yeah. yeah, he got a great job. So we're happy for him. And we, you know, wish him all awesome things, but we're going to miss him uh, so much. Yes, it's exciting, but also sad for us. Yes, you know, he has been called the third sister. So <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah, we're going to miss Henry, but we're excited to be working with Kristen Meisner. So we're going to be in great hands. Yes, it'll be a new era. A new era. That's right. The Kristen era. Yes, yes. Um, and Elizabeth, this week our Try This at Home is to ask for advice. Um, our whole episode is dedicated to the great advice that people have received. Um, so it seems like it would be appropriate to remind ourselves to ask for advice. Yeah, Gretchen. In episode 66, we talked about why it's helpful only to give advice when asked, uh, which is difficult. Um, but, you know, it's also great to remember to actually ask for advice. Yeah, because in so many of the comments that we received when people were recounting the great advice they got, they would mention, oh, I went to my boss, I went to my mom, I went to my friend and asked for advice, and I got some terrific piece of advice. And so it's good to remember, you can ask for advice. If you don't know what to do, if you want help, if you want someone else's perspective or, or, or judgment or thoughts, ask for advice. Because very often people report getting excellent, extremely helpful, memorable advice. And people love, as we know, to give advice. Yes. So you never have to feel, I don't think, like you're burdening someone by asking for advice. Yes. I think we're all ready and willing to just pour forth with our advice. <laughs> um, and, you know, the thing I've realized about getting advice, asking for advice, is that a lot of times I might not even follow the advice, but hearing it from somebody clarifies for me what I really think. Yes. Yeah, there's something about somebody offering a perspective or arguing for a certain point of view that you sometimes are like, you know what, I hear what you're saying, but actually I don't agree or I'm not going to do that or that's not right for me. But somehow hearing what they say causes a reaction in you that's somehow clarifying. Yeah, so it's um, I think it's it's always a good idea. You don't have to take the advice, but, you know, why not get another opinion? And also, like you said, that people love to give advice. If you want to signal to someone that you consider them special or like that you you value their relationship, one way you do that is by asking for advice, um, you know, because it shows that you respect someone's judgment and that you feel close enough to them that you can kind of expose yourself and be vulnerable. Because often when you're asking for advice, it's because you're in some kind of transition or you're you're uncertain in some way. And so I think when people whenever anybody asks me for advice, I always feel like this warmth to them because I'm like, oh, they really like they kind of care what I think. And that, may, yeah. you know, so it's a way also of like of showing that a relationship matters to you, because if you're asking for advice, you're saying, 
um, it matters to me to hear, you know, your your view of whatever's going on. Yeah. And unlike asking for a favor, which is something else we talked about, this doesn't require yeah. the person to do anything but talk. Usually. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's the easiest kind of favor to ask yeah. for is to ask for advice. Uh, yes. It's not like, will you watch my dog while I go out of town for a week? It's like, yeah. Can you tell me what's a good restaurant in London? He's like, I would love to give you that advice. <laughs> and now it's so easy because if nothing else, you can just ask for advice on social media, which yeah. people do all the time and get yeah. so many responses. Oh, yeah. I mean, like travel advice, as I mentioned, like oh, I'm going to a certain place. Do you have any thoughts? Like what to buy? Like I have this problem. Do you know like what's the best gizmo to solve this yeah, or like I need a summer camp for my kid or, you know, th there's all sorts of places where you can just kind of put the word out there and get a lot of um, a lot of quick, easy advice. Uh, and it really can help, I mean, to get this advice. So it's good to remember to ask. Sometimes you sort of forget that you can just ask for people's advice. And Gretchen, we asked our listeners to call in and write in with the best advice they've ever gotten. And boy, did they respond. So coming up, we're going to hear from a lot of those listeners who've passed on the best advice they've ever received. But first, a word from our sponsor. Noom is the habit-changing solution that helps users learn to develop a new relationship with food through personalized courses. Based in psychology, Noom teaches you why you do the things you do and empowers you with the tools you need to break bad habits and replace them with better ones. Because everyone's different, Noom adjusts to your lifestyle. They teach you the psychology behind the decisions you make and then help you keep track of everything from workouts and steps to analyze your diet and recommending healthy recipes. Noom also connects you with a personally assigned goal specialist and a community of other Noomers, so you have all the support you need to empower your change. Gretch, you know, I love Noom. I love all the tools it has, especially the step tracker and the weight tracker. I rely on those every day. Yep, you don't have to change it all in one day. Small steps make big progress. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com slash happier. That's N-O-O-M dot com slash happier. What do you have to lose? Visit Noom.com slash happier to start your trial today. So we asked listeners for their great advice, and we got so much. It's so exciting. Um, but to kick us off, Elizabeth, what's some great advice you've gotten? Well, I have gotten so much, Gretch. Um, you know, I couldn't even begin to sift through it all. But one sort of popped to the surface when I was thinking of it, and that's a piece of advice I got from Dad, actually. Ah. And he said sort of randomly, I don't remember the context, um, <laughs> that if you're nervous about going to a social gathering or just any kind of function because you don't know a lot of people, so you're going to be, you know, feeling like you're milling about there alone, to go to that function early, to be one of the first people to arrive, because then the host or hostess can talk to you and introduce you to people as they come in so that you have people to talk to. Whereas if you come in late to the event, which is what you might think to do if you don't know people so you can sort of blend in, it's harder to actually meet people because everyone's sort of busy and ensconced in their own conversations. So I've always remembered that and taken that advice when I'm going somewhere where I feel uncomfortable. 
That is great advice. And it's counterintuitive. Like you said, you think, oh, I'll go late when there's tons of people. But no, it's better to go early. Yeah, Excellent. Um, and some memorable advice I got is also from dad and mom. And um, it's unusual because, as we mentioned before, they rarely give unsolicited advice, which is nice. But there was this one occasion where right back to back, they each like independently of each other, offered up advice about relationships. And it's so unlike them, Mm, as you know, to say anything about kind of like romantic relationships or to give unsolicited advice that it really stuck in my mind. But mom offered up um, just this observation. She said, you know, when you're deciding like, you know, who to be with, it's very important that that person be kind. Mm. Because if that person isn't kind to others, eventually he won't be kind to you. And that is very good advice. Yes. And dad, his unsolicited advice was, um, if you're going to choose who to be with, you need to be with someone who can have fun. Mm. Because if you if you spend your life with someone who can't have fun, you're not going to have a happy life. And I thought, wow, that's those were two great pieces of advice. And put together, they're like an outstanding piece of advice. So that I've always remembered that. Yeah. And I will say, I would say that Jamie is both kind and fun. So... And Adam is both kind and fun. So yes. we both followed that advice. Yes. 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 That's good. And it's interesting, like to me as a parent, I feel like my children never pay any attention to anything that I say. Right. So <laughs> when, when we were re- looking and listening to all of the advice um, from listeners, it was really encouraging to see how many people mentioned advice that they had gotten from a parent. Because you're like, okay, children clearly do, at least sometimes, um, take to heart the words of their parents. Yes. <laughs> So, Gretch, let's turn to our listeners and let's start with advice that they've gotten from their parents. Kathleen says, my mom told me once when I was fretting about taking a vacation and getting behind at work, remember, you are not indispensable. Even though you are doing a great job, they can manage without you. Take a break if you need to. That advice has always stuck with me. I think she was trying to teach me humility and to take care of myself and to trust other people. Lots of good lessons with that advice. That is terrific advice. Yes. And here's more good advice from Eliza in Sydney. She got it from her father. She says he's a minister and is now studying and practicing counseling. Also related to work. I was in a horrible work situation once. I'd only been there for a short while, so I didn't feel that I could leave. But this particular day, I realized I was just never going to do a good job in the job. I was young and felt like a total failure. Dad had invited me over to his house for dinner. I got there in angry tears and cried and cried. We just went to the table. He served dinner, and I continued to cry. He barely said a word. Finally, I calmed down, and he said, There are always options. You may feel the options aren't viable or desirable, but they are there. Maybe it's time to start looking again at those options. I remember this time and again when I feel trapped or in a situation that I don't know how to get rid of because there are always options, and sometimes they've been dismissed for silly reasons when really they shouldn't have been. In this case, I was scared my CV would look bad as I'd only been in this job for a short time, but the longer I stayed there, the worse my confidence would have gotten. So that's great advice. Wow, that's profound. Yeah. Yeah, there are yeah. always options. That I feel like I need a, a bumper sticker. <laughs> Yes, yes, yes. Charlie says, before my first driving lesson with my dad, he said, this is a killing machine. Use it with extreme caution. <laughs> yes. He also said, before buying my first house when making encountering offers, the seller is hungrier than you are. There is always another house. He also said, before buying my first house, everybody has buyer's remorse that first few days or week. 
Well, I got to say, somebody gave me that exact same advice that Charlie got from her father, that like you will get really serious buyer's remorse when you buy your house or your apartment. And I was so glad that they had told me because when we bought our apartment, I was so devastated. I felt awful. Mm. I felt like I was signing my life away. I was so distraught. But somebody had said to me, like, everybody feels this way. It's okay. So I felt like, okay, this is just like a normal thing. Because you think it's going to be this ecstatic, exciting, happy moment. And in fact, I felt like trapped and like I'd made a terrible decision. So this is a a place where hearing this advice from someone else can then help you uh, sort through your own experiences when you're going through a tough time. Yeah, I just was talking to a mom at school yesterday, Gretchen, who had bought a house sort of on a whim. They just saw a house (laughs) they loved. And she was like shell-shocked. I was like, that's so great. Congratulations. She was like... Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's happening really fast. So, um, yeah, I think a lot of people have experienced that. Yeah. And here's another great piece of advice from a parent. I was a studio art major when I was in college. And when I was trying to figure out what I was going to do after I graduated, whether I should sort of take a risk and move to New York to become an artist or take a more conservative job and um, go a little bit more on the business track, my dad told me, you can always get used to making more money. And uh, that's been a great piece of advice that I've used to really be able to pursue my dream. Um, thanks so much for your podcast. I listen to it all the time and, and get a lot out of it. Thanks so much. Well, I love that from a dad because you'd think the dad would say, hey, why don't you go establish yourself as a banker and then you can go <laughs> off and be an artist once you've done that. Yeah. But yeah. he's absolutely right. The time, like... It's easy it's to go from being poor to being rich, yeah, but um harder to have your banker job and then become a pauper, yeah, yeah, and that's the kind of thing that with time and with wisdom and experience, it's clearer to you than maybe it is when you're starting out, um so it's great to hear that from a parent and here's one more from um a parent um from Lindsay. Um, This is so moving. She says, I know this is supposed to be a voice message, but I didn't think I could get through it without crying. The best advice I ever got was from my father. He didn't live to be much older than 60, but he taught me pretty much everything I needed to know in those years. It's advice that he passed on to me whenever I was having trouble with anything in life, be it friends, jobs, boys, my mother, etc. The first hundred years are the hardest. (laughs) <laughs> it had a way of being loving and supportive without being condescending and also gave me perspective, something most people need more of. It was an odd comfort when I lost him to cancer when I was 33. I tell it to my kids now and hopefully they will one day appreciate it and not roll their eyes. So that's beautiful advice from Lindsay. Um, and it does put it in perspective. The first hundred years are the hardest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Of course, people also mention great advice from bosses, teachers, good friends, and even uh, advice from people who were practically strangers. Yeah, it was interesting how often people would would have sort of some kind of glancing encounter with someone and get some kind of profound truth out of it. So it's really like you can get advice from a lot of different people in your life, uh, not, not always from the people that you would expect to be the great sources of insight. Yeah, it might be the guy sitting next to you on the airplane. Yeah. So let's listen to some um, some great advice. Hi, my name is Summer, and I'm calling from Nevada. I'm a stay-at-home mom with four young kids, and it's very difficult at the end of the day to sit down and know that all of the work that I put in today, cleaning and managing the chaos that four small children brings, um, will most likely be undone tomorrow and will have to be 
reaccomplished. Um, so a friend gave me a very good piece of advice lately, and that is to do one thing every day that cannot be undone. And a few things that I have enjoyed doing are keeping a journal. Um, and most recently, um, repainting the interior of our house very, very slowly, even if it's only one wall. Um, it's concrete evidence that I accomplished something that day. So um, thank you for the podcast. I love it, and I will leave that with you. Thanks. Bye. I think that's great advice because I know that feeling of like, I just did all this and then it's just, I'm going to have to do the exact same thing tomorrow. And so this is great advice for like, pick something where you're really moving forward and making concrete progress so that you feel like your day really um, was well spent in, you know, in some permanent way. I think yeah. that's great advice. Yeah, we're going to have to borrow that for a try this at home, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're, we're, we're going to steal a lot of this advice. Actually. Yeah, exactly. Gretch, here's one I can relate to because it comes from an older sister. <laughs> Hi, Gretchen and Elizabeth. This is Catherine calling from North Carolina. And the best piece of advice that I've gotten was from my older sister when I was about 18 or 19 and just starting college. I was really worried about taking on lots of new responsibilities and extracurriculars and was going to turn down some opportunities because I just didn't think I'd be able to handle it or have time for it. And I will never forget what she said to me. She said, you will be surprised by your own abilities and what you what you can handle. Just go for it, and I promise you will find a way to make it work. And she was absolutely right. I'm now 25 and in grad school, and I still live by this. I've never once regretted taking an opportunity and reaching for more. And I think it's a large part of what has made me who I am today. So thanks for listening. And I hope you all have a wonderful day. I love this advice because, first of all, it's just, the sister is showing such faith. Yeah. The older sister is showing such faith in the younger sister. And, like, you you don't even know what you're capable of. I think that's that's great advice. I'm sure it was very reassuring to hear that from the younger sister. And it reminds me of great advice that I got from my college roommate where she said, do everything all at once. Mm, yeah. You know, because people say, like, oh, do one thing and then another thing and, like, don't take on too much and all this. And, sh- and just like this, do everything all at once. It just It just sticks in my mind. It's kind of the same thing. Like, you can do more than you think you can. So, you know, stretch yourself. Yeah, I know you've repeated that to me several times, both <laughs> in rel- you know, in relation to me and in relation to yourself when you're wondering whether or not to do something. Yeah. Okay, now let's hear from Amanda. Hi, uh, this is Amanda. I am from outside of Baltimore, Maryland, and I wanted to share one of the best uh, pieces of advice I've ever received. It is work-related, but it also has translated to um, other facets of my life. Um, I'm a music therapist, and um, when I was in my internship, one of I've, I've I expressed like a lot of frustrations with my supervisor about like not not like uh, making an, as much of an impact as I wanted to on the clients I was serving, and she told me. You can't be a therapist to everyone, but you can be a therapist to someone. And um, I think that just really helped put things into perspective because at the time, like, I, I had a lot of, like, romantic notions about wanting to save and help everyone I, I touch, kind of like an obliger, I guess. Um, so, like, just the fact that, like, I need to appreciate the people who I can help um, has really helped with 
a lot of um, situations. That's great advice from a boss who's really, you know, has the experience where it's like, you know, don't feel disappointed if you can't solve everything. But you can, you know, you can do great work even if you're not striking a chord with every single person that you're, uh, is a client. That's great advice. And like Amanda said, it applies to a lot of situations in life. It's like you can't yeah. be the perfect friend to everyone. You can't be the right. perfect employee to everyone. You can't be the perfect uh, well, hopefully you can be, you don't really need to be the perfect mother to everyone, just your own child. <laughs> but, you know, it does apply kind of across the board. So I love that yeah. advice. Yeah. Yeah. I also love this advice from Connie. Um, this was, uh, she got it during her wedding. She said, always look afresh at your partner is good advice I received in my wedding sermon over 28 years ago. So don't think you know everything there is to know about your partner, but look at them with intent and interest and curiosity and also be thankful. A great antidote to negativity. That's a great, that's a, just a great way to put it. Always look afresh at your partner. That That's great advice. That is. It reminds me, I've always re- like remind myself like if for whatever reason Adam and I ever parted ways which would hopefully never happen I know that I would just be turning around and looking for like the exact same person 15 minutes later (laughs) you know what I mean like so it's just like looking at that person and going oh my god like this is such an amazing person I'm so lucky right Um, right right, you just familiarity breeds familiarity so sometimes you need to jolt yourself out of that and I'm impressed she remembers something that happened at her wedding because I was like so out of my mind um, of just like being overwhelmed <laughs> that I don't remember any basically anything that happened um, during my wedding. So it's good that she was like listening attentively uh, to the wedding sermon. Yes. Here's some great advice from Bill in Santa Fe. Hi, this is Bill from Santa Fe, New Mexico, with some great advice given to me long ago. When someone gives you a compliment that you feel is undeserved, accept it graciously with a simple thank you. The other person probably doesn't want to hear your list of 20 defects in the object of the compliment. <laughs> that's great advice. <laughs> it is. That's, that's great advice. Yeah, don't, they don't want to hear you like go rattle on about why. Oh, no, no, no. Um, this is great advice. Emma heard from um, a, uh, a respected colleague, and it reminds me of something Dad said. Um, Emma writes, the best advice I've ever received was from a seasoned pharmacist whom I greatly respect named Ted Barker. During my last year of pharmacy school, while I was completing my rotations, I asked him for his best advice for a school project. And he very simply told me, if you make a mistake, which you will, we all do, take responsibility for it immediately. This was such a simple statement that has had a profound impact on me and my career. In a world and profession where perfection is expected, it was so freeing to hear this from someone whom I greatly respected. And I have to say, one of the best pieces of advice that I've ever received, also from dad, was um, when I was starting out working, he said, if you take the blame when you deserve it, you will be you will get responsibility, which is very much what Emma heard from the pharmacist. And it's absolutely true. If you are willing to say, that was my mistake, then people feel like this rush of relief, like, okay, we know somebody's taken responsibility for this, like we can all accept what happened and moved on, and they'll give you responsibility. Um, whereas if you, it might feel like it's better to try to like pretend like you never made a mistake, but right. that doesn't help. Um, so I think this is excellent advice. I'll even go further to say, at least in my business, Gretchen, a lot of times you, if you take responsibility for something that's not your mistake, that can also be a good thing. Mm. Well, I don't feel as positive about that. It's like... <laughs> just to say, 
Oh yeah, that's I my mistake. I I um I misinterpreted what you said or something. Um, it just letting people off the hook, in other words, um, can sort of make them feel very warmly toward you. Yeah, but I feel like that can almost be. I feel like some people do that to a point where it's it's not respectful of yourself. Um, because I think if you if you if you made a mistake or if you deserve blame then it's very helpful. But if you're doing it when you don't deserve blame, I don't know. I feel uncomfortable with that. Mm, well, it maybe it's a fine line. So, Alyssa, this feels like a whole separate debate. It's not really about advice. It's about whether or not to take responsibility where it's not 100% clear that it was your mistake. And so let's take that up another time. That feels like a very meaty subject. It does. Deep dive. Deep dive. Okay. But now back to advice. Here's advice from Josh. This is Josh from Fort Worth, Texas. Wanted to talk about some of the best advice I had ever received. I was making a uh, job and career decision about 14 years ago in terms that was going to require me moving overseas versus staying um, in Texas. And I had made a list of pros and cons, talked it over with my wife and sought advice from everyone. And my list of pros and cons had uh, evened out. There was no, neither side was winning. And so finally, my wife and I went and met with a pastor to kind of get his counsel on it. And after listening to me for a little bit, he said, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I, I want to move. We want to move to England. He's like, then go to England. It's not that big of a deal. They're both good decisions. And that was really freeing for me, and I've used that many times since then, that not every decision is an absolute one way or the other, that there are often good choices. Both of them are good choices, and you get to just pick what it is you want to do. That is such great advice. Because a lot of times there you've got two good choices or like there's no right choice. And you kind of forget you can just think about, well, what do you want? Or like, what appeals to you? Um, I so know that list of the pros and cons, that whole exercise. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, if I just parse this enough, yes. the answer will emerge. <laughs> but sometimes there's just no answer. So right. uh, good advice from the pastor. Yes, exactly. Now, Alyssa, you, you are famous for giving good advice. Um, what is some good advice that you have given to other people? Yeah, well, famous in your mind, but um, yeah. <laughs> although, oh, wait a second. I'm supposed to take a compliment and say thank you. So thank you, Gretchen. Um, you know, it's funny. A piece of advice that I have given many times along with uh, my writing partner, Sarah, we've probably given this advice 20 times to young women writers who come to us asking mm. for help, you know, with their career. Mm. And we tell them whenever you have um, an interview for a job, for a show job with a showrunner, swear in the interview. Oh, why? Why is that? Because people, male showrunners especially, want to know that you can sort of hang with the boys and so even though you might think, oh, in a job interview, I want to be really prim and proper and appropriate by showing that you can be casual and off the cuff um, and sort of easy, it makes people feel comfortable hiring you to be in the room for, you know, 10 hours a day. And I've had many writers come back and tell us that was great advice. Oh, that's interesting. I remember when you were just starting out, somebody gave you the advice that is that was... If someone asks you, like, 
when you're going in for an interview, like, would you like coffee? You should always say yes, because you should show that you're like confident enough to like make a demand when it's appropriate. Like, you know, not that you're demanding something extraordinary, but just yes. you'll say like, yes, I want the coffee. Do you feel like that's good advice? Absolutely. Yeah. I've always followed that. I always say now it's everybody just gets water. That's this. Yeah. I say, yes, I would <laughs> like water. Thank you. Um, and I do have to point out about my advice. This is very particular to Hollywood. I'm not saying uh, yeah. that you want to go in for the job um, at the law firm at the law firm <laughs> and do this. It's very particular to my industry. Yeah, yeah. But that's what's good about good advice is that you have to get advice from somebody who like really knows what you're up against. Because like, that's why sometimes advice can fall flat is like if you're asking a parent who has a completely different set of references, their advice might be good for that set of references. But for you, you need to kind of find your own sources of sources of advice. Yes. Um, And Gretch, I have to ask uh, you the same question. I mean, you give a lot of advice. What um, What's one of the best pieces of advice you've ever given? Well, this is a piece of advice that actually no one has ever come back to me and said like, oh, that was great advice. <laughs> but, I, but, I, <laughs> but it's advice that I often give and I feel like it's very good advice and I give it to myself all the time um, as a writer. So if you are having any kind of challenge in your writing, the answer is to think about what you want to say. Because what I found is that if you have something to say, when you're writing, then everything else comes so much more easily. And that when people have trouble with their writing, it's often because they either have nothing to say and they're just trying to write something or they don't know what they're trying to say. And so they're confused. And um, and so and I tell myself that all the time when I'm at kind of in a, a, a challenging part of my writing, I think, like, what am I trying to say here? And that always helps. So even though no one has told me that's good advice, I feel like I know that it's good advice for myself. Yes. Yeah, I think that's great advice. And next time I'm stuck, I'm definitely going to figure out, I'm going to ask myself, what do I want to say here? Excellent. Excellent. Okay. We we got so much great advice. It's just fascinating. Um, Yeah. And you know, Gretch, in asking people for advice, we realize it's not just the advice that's interesting. It's hearing the story that led up to them getting that advice. Yes. So why don't we end this with just listening to voicemails from some of our listeners that include their great stories and the advice that came out of that. Hello, this is Asha calling from Toronto. I want to share the best advice I've ever been given. Bloom where I am planted. For six years, my husband and I lived across the country. I was very alone, felt very isolated from my family and friends, and someone told me to bloom where I was planted. And that meant living where I really was, making new friends, enjoying the experiences of the places where I was. But now that I've moved back home, I still have to bloom where I am planted. Things have changed. Friends have changed. But as long as I can concentrate on the things that make me happy, then I can bloom and prosper. Hi, Gretchen and Liz. This is Alicia from Chicago, Illinois. I was calling in with a piece of advice that my dad gave me when I was younger. I would get upset, um, usually in the evening, about some school matter or some relational matter. And his advice was always sleep on it. And if I couldn't get the thing out of my mind, he would say, put it on the shelf. I had a high shelf in my closet, and he would walk me through the exercise of putting that problem inside of a box, closing the box in my mind, and placing it on that high shelf in my closet, and he assured me that that problem would be there tomorrow for me to deal with, 
but that right now my job was to put it on the shelf. Hi, this is Jane calling from Vancouver, and the best advice I ever got came from my sister who at the time didn't have children, and I was really struggling with deciding whether or not we should have three kids. We had two, and my husband and I were going around and around about it, and she said to me, you know, no matter if you have two kids or seven kids, you'll always have to grieve the last baby. There'll always be a last baby, whether you have two or three. And it really freed me up um, to feel that sadness, and we ended up having two kids, and I'm really glad for that advice. Hi, this is Kathy calling from Virginia, and the best advice I ever got was when I was in the middle of a very ugly divorce, and a good friend of mine told me how lucky I was that my soon-to-be ex was really being a complete jerk. And she pointed out to me that he was showing his true colors and that should make my divorce easy. And in fact, when she put it in those terms for me, it actually changed the way I viewed the divorce. And I now see it as a really great thing as opposed to the tragedy that I was viewing. Thanks. Have a great day. Coming up, we'll hear why Gretchen needs to take her own advice and set an alarm. And I will give a gold star. But first, a word from our sponsor. Okay, Gretch, time for demerits and gold stars, and you are up this week with a demerit. Yes. Um, so I every week on my Facebook page, I post a picture of all the books that I've read this week, all the books that I finished that week, and I get a huge kick out of doing it. I love doing this. But I keep forgetting uh, to do it on Sunday nights. Like half the time I remember, but then half the time I forget until like Monday um, to post about it. And I keep thinking like, oh, how hard can it be to form the habit of doing this mm-hmm. post every Sunday night? And I'm like, oh, yeah, didn't I write a whole book about how you need to form a habit? And um, so <laughs> um, I tried to set an alarm, um, but I did it the wrong way. And so it never went off. And so my new task for myself is figure out how to set the alarm on my phone so it will go off on Sunday night. Um, but then my other worry is like, what if I don't have my phone with me? Because especially on the weekends, I don't always have my phone with me. And so the alarm is going to go off, but I'm not going to hear it. So I guess I should like put up a giant post-it note or something. But anyway, I need to figure out how to remember to do this on Sundays. Yeah. Can I tell you what I live in fear of is setting an alarm like that. And then Sunday night, you're at a play and you've oh, yes. totally forgotten that you set oh, your alarm. That is such a good thing to caution me against. I could absolutely see that happening. Yes, because you don't because you don't think of it out of context, right? Yeah. So beware the alarm. <laughs> yeah, the the infrequent alarm. Yeah, since especially since like half the time I wouldn't hear it anyway. It's not like it would be like top of mind on Sundays. Okay, so I think I need to go with something more luddite, like a post it note in my kitchen or something like that. Okay. Um, but anyway, so I'm going to try to tackle that. Um, demerit. Um, how about you, Elizabeth? What's a what's a good gold star? Gretch, I'm going to give my gold star this week to Medieval Times. What is uh, that? <laughs> medieval Times, it's it, it's across the country, but some people may never have heard of it. It's a sort of a restaurant slash dinner show. Um, you go to a place that looks like a castle and you eat 
like you know chicken legs with your hands. Wait, wait, it's watch. a whole building. A show, it's a yeah. Build- it's a huge building that seats like eleven hundred people. You buy a ticket, <laughs> you show up, you get a a paper crown and a flag to wave for your night, and they have like jousting competitions and like a whole story going on. You're sitting around an arena, and it's you know medieval times, like with a horse. Yes, there's with horses. And guys in armor and, you know, a princess. And you go and you sit around this arena and you watch this big show and you um, eat like, you know, it's medieval times, no utensils. (laughs) Um, And you cheer for your night. Um, and it's, we, t- we went last weekend and it was just so fun. I mean, Jack it was two hour show and Jack was just mesmerized the whole time as was his friend. Um, and what I love about it is that, it, you know, you're always giving, uh, back to advice, a lot of advice, you know, be a tourist in your own town, plan yeah. something new, um, uh, you yeah. know, surprise treat even. Yeah. Um, right. Novelty and novelty makes people happier. They like doing new things m- tends to make us happier. Yeah. Yeah. And so the going to medieval times kind of fell into all those categories. It wasn't easy because it was like over an hour away. Uh, but it was worth it. And Adam, believe it or not, had been wanting to go there forever. Um, and I would say I was secretly dreading it while pretending to be really enthusiastic. Like I kept being happy when it would get pushed off another week or another month. But I loved it. I bought in 100%. I was cheering. I was waving my flag. Uh, I wore my crown like all the way, you know, back to the car. Um, others took theirs off, but I left mine on. Um, so, uh, big, you know, big gold star to medieval times for providing me with a wonderful evening. Excellent. And that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Ask for advice because as listeners told us over and over, um, good advice can change your life. Yes. And Gretchen, this is the last time we're going to say thank you to our producer, Henry Malofsky. Although, of course, we'll be eternally grateful to him for helping us get our podcast going. Yes. Um, but we should mention um, some good advice Henry has given us. Yeah, well, he gives it more to me than to you, <laughs> which is not to interrupt so much um, because I, especially at the beginning, was a big, did a lot of interrupting. Um, so that was good advice. Um, and I remember seeing Henry right in our earliest episodes. We were walking down the hallway at Panoply and he had his laptop in front of him. And I remember thinking, like, this is Henry. He's the producer. I think he's going to be really important. Like, and I just followed him like a little duckling who had imprinted on the duck. Um, and uh, and at that point, I said, oh, what's your email? And he's like, I don't even have an email here yet. <laughs> yeah. It was all so new, and now we're yes. all now we're uh, we've become such a unit, and we've, yeah. we've got the signature Henry montages, and yes, he's become such a part of our show. Yeah, no, at the live event, like people were taking pictures with Henry. He was doing like he was like a stand-up comic. Like we saw this whole other side of him. Yeah. Um, so yes, we will miss working with Henry. Uh, it's the end of an era, but we're excited to work with Christian Meinzer. Um, I already worked with her on a couple of a little happiers, and so it's going to be yeah, it'll be the dawn of a new era. Yes, and we'll get to know Kristen in upcoming episodes. Yes, but meanwhile, I also want to thank uh, Andy Bowers and Laura Mayer of Panoply. Yes, get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Craft. Our email address is podcast at gretchenrubin.com. As always, if you like the show, 
please be sure to tell a friend and subscribe to us on iTunes and rate or review us if you have a few minutes because it really does help us uh, find new listeners. Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft. And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us Onward and Upward.